He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. The one and only Brad Arnold is my special guest. Hey, Andy, how are you? Brad, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing great. All things considered, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on the show. I had to check my records to confirm this, but it's actually the first time I've ever had the opportunity, funny enough, and I just surpassed 20 years at this station recently, so I'd say this is Dang. long overdue. Absolutely, man. Well, I'm glad to talk to you. Thank you, my friend. He's well known as a founding member of Three Doors Down, a band with a wildly successful run that began in the mid to late 1990s and is still making great music to this day. But somehow, some way, Brad, you found the time and the opportunity to write, record and release your first song as a solo artist, Wicked Man. And I actually want to start with that idea of time and opportunity and how those things relate to your desire to put out music on your own for the first time. Well, you know, I've I've wrote forever yeah i mean we've i've, I've wrote three words down for forever you know and, and we wrote a lot of those songs when i was a teenager and kryptonite we wrote when i was 16 years old i believe and and i don't write just steadily 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 but sometimes it just kind of comes in waves and and uh this has definitely been an inspirational time that we're in right now you know and uh a whole lot of boredom and un well a whole lot of activities that didn't include music kind of cleared my mind and the clear path of some thoughts that to work his way in there, I suppose. And um, a couple of months ago, Greg, who's my drummer, actually sent me a, uh, a, a guitar part that he wrote because he's been playing and writing some different things for the last couple of years. And he sent me that part, and immediately it kind of got in my head, and I familiarized myself with it. And kind of if something clicks with you, it'll, it'll ingrain itself into your, into your mind, and it will for me. And, you know, the lyrics just kind of started snowballing over the course of a month or so, and... And getting little ideas, and the hook came along, and you know, and just looking around in the world right now, the inspiration for the song was there, and then we got the song completed, and the opportunity was definitely there, especially with kind of social distancing and everything going on, and it would be kind of weird to have a bunch of people up in the studio. Um, my manager just—it was his idea. He said, "You know, why don't you do this song? Uh, why don't you do a solo, solo thing? You've been wanting to do it." And I was like, "Heck yeah!" And uh, that's how it all came about. I love the song. You know what my very first impression was, Brad? And I hope you take this as a compliment. I got a similar vibe in terms of the instrumentation and the and the mood to the vibe I got the first time I heard Jim Croce's Time in a Bottle. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. It, yeah. I get that. Appreciate it, man. You know, it's, it's weird when we were writing a song. It's amazing what we can do on our phones these days. We have uh, uh, this company sent us some microphones, and they have a little interface that'll just go right into your phone and, and go in, a, in the garage band. And that's what Greg sent me that thing on. And so the, at first, we were just sending ideas back and forth and adding to, you know. And uh, and at the same time, like I say on my phone, but we you know that's not like what we're used to mean. <laughs> you know, um, these things sounded really good. But I say all that to just to say it was very simple and very, not solemn, but like I was sitting there and it was very personal. And, you know, it wasn't real produced sounding. And that was the main thing from that in original uh, kind of the, the uh, kind of little demos of the song. It's like, man, we really want to, because, you know, it didn't have drums. It didn't have anything. It was just me and him, the guitar uh, there. And uh, we just wanted to keep it to where, Essentially, it almost was like I was sitting in front of you playing a guitar singing the song. 
to you. Not like we were in a big, you know, always, sometimes I always say, if you want to write a big arena rock song that you want to play in an arena to a bunch of people, well, write a song that should be played in an arena. Mm-hmm. But this song isn't like that. This is a song that needs to be played with me and you sitting there, and I'm telling you something, you know? I love Greg. I just talked to him a few months ago about his new music, and one of the things I asked him about was stepping out from behind the drum kit and lending his own vocals, becoming a front man in his own right. And I thought, well, hell, yeah. that's that's pretty much what Brad did. Why not Greg? I think he liked that. Hey, it is what I did. I, I only became the singer in this band because nobody else would. <laughs> I didn't even, I had never sang. I mean, I grew up in the Assembly of God church, and so everybody sang. And I'm the youngest of seven kids, and everybody in my family is loud. And so it was like, it was never anything to walk around my house singing. But as far as public singing, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I only began singing because nobody else was singing. And I've heard Greg say before, it's like, man, I'd love to just be out there like one time and feel like what it's like. And I've, I've always been like, well, come on, I'll trade places with you. <laughs> but I, I had never heard Greg Upchurch sing before the Skin to Skin song. And I heard that song, and I was like, dude. What the hell? Where? I mean, where's this guy been? I was like, you know what you just did, right? I was like, you just got a microphone. <laughs> you know what we got going on here? We've got a real Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins type situation brewing. Exactly. Except for I suck on the drums and all those other guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Back to Wicked Man, Brad. When it comes to lyrics, definitely feels inspired by the current state of things, as you sort of alluded to. I mean, 2020 is a complete S show, if you smell what I'm stepping in here. But Absolutely. All of the emotion, the frustration, the anger, all that's been percolating for longer than just this calendar year, you know? Yeah, 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 it has. I just can't take it for face value. I just can't. Right. There's too much because you know we know if you want to if when something seems weird, just follow like all right. Who would stand to make money off of this? Mm-hmm. And then just look there, and that will answer your question almost every time. You You're know? right. Because you know, like the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. And doesn't say money is is it says the love of money. And men who love money. I mean, finance to both sides of any kind of conflict. It doesn't have to be a formal conflict. And they're the ones who stand to gain off of all craziness going on in the world. They've profited from it. They have no moral obligation to either side. They're the people that I'm talking about to me are the, are the wicked man. Besides music, Brad, what other things have been occupying your time during the pandemic? Well, you know, I, uh, I live on a farm out in uh, Tennessee. Just about, I live out in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is about... 45 miles from uh, Nashville, and my wife uh, rides horses, and so we have a horse farm out here that the uh, it's like 55 acres, and the front half is horses, and the, and the back half is kind of woods, and like I have a little shooting range and stuff back there, and and uh, so I'm very, 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 very blessed to live in some space to where during like this pandemic, it was kind of like it just gave me more time to cut grass. You know? <laughs> sure. Because you got nothing but I really, time. I get that. I really needed to cut grass. And I, that's really what I've been doing. I get out in my yard, and, and like I was telling somebody else, I've, I've cleared tree lines, and, and this was an old cattle farm, and, and some, some of these tree lines, they had old fence in them and stuff, and to get it in and cut it all out. And me and my tractor and my chainsaw, I'll get out there and, and go after it. And, uh, but, you know, it made my place look better. And and it's different when you get out there and do it because it ain't like, say, oh, yeah, I had that cleared. It's like, I got out there and cleared that. 
you know? You bet. Your own little slice of heaven there in Tennessee. You know, I've always said, like, I think when I retire, I'm going to end up in Texas. But to be honest with you, now that I've actually spent some time in Tennessee, which I have, I think Tennessee might be the destination, to be honest with you. It is a beautiful place. It's um, of, of People ask me why I live here. I say, you know what? I've been to every state. I like this one the best. There you have And it. I like all the states. And ain't nothing, I ain't taking away anything from any of them. You know, and, and logistically, it's very... It's a very good state to tour out of because it's, it's pretty central and, and all the entertainment stuff is here. But rather, you know, we used to go out for like three weeks and stay gone for like three weeks. But now, like we adopted kind of what these country guys do around here. Instead of going, going out and staying out and, you know, every day that you're not on tour, it is a business. And if you're not playing a show that day, then you're spending money that day. Sure. And, and uh, with all your crew guys and buses, all that stuff out there, you, I mean, you can eat it up fast. And so living here, we got to where we go out on Thursday. We play like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then you come home Sunday. And you got Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday at home. And so you get to tour and come home. And so it works out really, really great living here. You were talking to a radio buddy of mine in Detroit a little while back about the plan to put out an anniversary edition of Three Doors Down's The Better Life here eventually. I knew about that and the tour that unfortunately never came to pass, but I didn't know you were thinking about packaging it with some old demos. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So we got signed off of a, off of a demo. You know, we never toured or anything like that. Um, we got signed because our local radio station down in Biloxi started playing Kryptonite, and it, it, it became a hit on the station, and, and uh, they were a reporting station, and um, the record company noticed us, and that's how we got signed. But... The demo, well, it wasn't really a demo. It was like a local CD that we made, had Kryptonite on it, and it had maybe like maybe half the songs that wound up on The Better Life on it, but a different recording of them. And, uh, yeah, and so we're going to package that um, with the with the 20th year anniversary of The Better Life, and we're still going to plan on doing it next year, and hopefully everything clears up by the end of this year and things get maybe a little more back to normal next year because we're planning just to – we plan to go this year – uh, in June, we were going to go to Europe, tour Europe uh, for a month, come here starting July, and go through October and November. And uh, so, best case scenario, um, we're just going to pick everything up and move it a calendar year and just cross off that zero and put a one there. And it's going to be our 20th one-year anniversary. <laughs> well, listen, I don't think anybody's going to argue with putting a, uh, just putting an X through 2020 in general. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was wondering if I could still take my mom on. Take, take her up on the slap at me into next year. <laughs> I'm going to have to throw that one off my mom. She's going to love that one, Brad. She's going to love that. A couple more quick items here, man, and I really appreciate you taking the time today. I'm a big fan of yours and always have been. And, you know, you, you have such a an inspiring personal story as a recovering alcoholic, being off the road and at home with all this time on your hands, as we sort of talked about earlier. Have you found it difficult at all to stay sober when a guy like you probably isn't used to killing time? Not a bit. I mean, you know, I have a little that it was kind of it kind of like you know like the the craving would come but i i learned i you know when i quit i went to rehab and i was so glad that i did because they taught me they taught me how to be sober and there are so many little tricks that will help you so much in your fight if, if you commit to doing it that that i tried to like white knuckle quit before you know mm-hmm. and you just never you never learn the skills you need you know i encourage anybody that if they're having a problem drinking Find you a good rehab and go to it. It's, I mean, it's not. There's no shame in that. I had a misconception about it, and I thought it was like all hospitaly and stuff like that. It's like going to a junior college. 
to learn how not to be a drunk. It really, you know, it's got, we just sit in little workshops and stuff all day, learn a whole lot about yourself, and you learn that people don't have drinking problems. People have life problems, and our brain is lazy, and it would just rather take a drink than solve the problem, you know? And so I got, I got, I just learned how to like not let stuff get me to where I want to drink, you know? And, uh, life is just so much better without it. I learned, you know, I, I thought I had this big hole that alcohol was filling up. But I had this big hole that alcohol was digging. Mm. It was, you know, and, and realizing that, and hey, now I didn't do it for myself. God saved me. He fought that battle for me. But I, He gave power to me to say, hey, you don't have to do that. Don't give that power back to that bottle. And as long as I don't take a drink, I have a power. I feel like that's yeah. really good advice, especially in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, it's, it's life is so much better without it. So much better without it. Real quick, I've heard your story about the role that the late, great Charlie Daniels had in the process of beating alcoholism. Can you share that with my listeners real quick? Absolutely. Right before I decided to uh, to go to rehab, when I came home, um, I was in Japan. We were on a military tour over there. And, and frankly, I don't remember a whole lot of the week. It was just, I mean, it was blackout drunk all week. I remember sitting down on the front of the stage at part of it. I know that much. And and I was singing, I was just singing a song, and it was a slow song, but you just kind of don't do that. I don't do that. And I was having just a night, uh, the night before we came home. And I was just, I mean, I was just kind of in the in my robe. I didn't want to like kill myself, but I didn't really want to like live. I didn't, I mean, I just didn't have, I didn't have no hope. And I needed somebody to talk to, and I couldn't get into my friends to answer the phone. And I just Facetime Mr. Charlie, and I Facetime Mr. Charlie, and it was at nighttime in Japan, but it was morning, early morning here, and. uh Mr. Charlie and his wife answered me, and they were sitting on their couch. I think they were sitting there drinking coffee that morning. And he sat there and talked to me for an hour and a half, I think. And he just sits on. He, and, you know, he told me a lot of stuff. He said, oh, I think you need to. He said, if you really want to do it, he said, go to, he said just go, go to Cumberland Heights here when you get home. And because we live in the same area, he knew about the place. And he said, go in there, son. He said, I want to see you straighten your life up. And I said, I will. And I called my wife, and I was all drunk and mad about it. I was like, well, I'm going to rehab when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I sure enough, I stuck to it and I went. And it's the best decision I ever made. But Mr. Charlie surely encouraged me to do it, and he saved my life. He was such a great man. He was such a great man. Yeah, I missed the world over. An amazing artist, and the fact that you have that personal connection is is really quite incredible. It's a great story, Brad. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story here today about Wicked Man. We're very excited about the song. It's a great tune. Is this going to be a part of a, a larger album, or is this just a song for now? It's just a song for now, but I got a couple uh, more that me and Greg are working on right now. They're totally different uh, kind of vein than this one, but um, are, are good songs on their own. And um, someone asked me about, he's like, well, is, are you going to make a whole record of it? And my only problem is, like, I write all over the map, and it would be just like having 12 songs that were enough of, like, the same genre of music to mm. take along on the same record together. <laughs> um, but, like, I was telling somebody, you know, so we, I, just, I was going to just call it Brad on Random. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Random, how's that? Hey, Captain Random, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny, my man. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time for me today. Like I said, it was long overdue. I can't believe we've never had the chance to speak in over 20 years of being at this station. Unbelievable. I know, man. Well, I tell you, what, it was an absolute honor and uh, pleasure to speak with you today, and I appreciate you having me. I'd love to have you back anytime, Brad. Please uh, keep in touch with us. Absolutely. All right, man. Have a wonderful day. You do the same.